We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday after Thanksgiving. My name is DJ Trainer, and I'm joined for the first time this season by Andre Snellings. Andre, how's it going today? It's going good. It's the day after Thanksgiving. I'm fat, dumb, and happy. I, I woke up with so much regret. Like, I, I just woke up and started <laughs> groaning. Um, I take full advantage of Thanksgiving. My grandmas make, make a great meal. But I, I think Thursday should be called the day of regret, or this Friday should be day of regret for a lot of people out there. I don't know about you, but I ate way too much. <laughs> the morning after. The morning after. <laughs> so yeah, for <laughs> yeah for me it was um you know this has been like a week long Thanksgiving um okay. you know we we get together with our family uh, in Tennessee last weekend, so I've been with grandmas and cooking for pretty much the whole week and then uh, we came back and then you know my wife 
uh, killed the, the the Thanksgiving meal last night. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm 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 on a week long regret right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, usually I spend a week at grandma's, and I guess fortunately I should say had to had to do some some stuff with work uh, where I got out of the way with just one day at grandma's house. So I'm filled with regret, but I guess it, it could definitely be worse. It could be a week long uh, regret. <laughs> Anyways, this is an NBA podcast, so let's get down to it. Everybody plays tonight, Andre. We have 15 games on the slate. Of course, nobody played yesterday on Thanksgiving. That's traditionally reserved for football. We know the NBA likes to take Christmas and kind of make that their holiday where they play um before we get into dfs because we sure as heck are going to talk dfs when we have literally every single player to choose from we're going to talk some broader topics here um that's because we're one month into the season as of today uh, here on the 25th um Let's start it off pretty general here, Andre. Who's the most surprising player of the season so far now that we're one month in? I'll let you kick us off here. Yeah, you know, um, we, we did a little bit of talking before we came on the show, and um, I really like uh, some of the names that we came up with. So, um, for one, Avery Bradley out of Boston has been just outstandingly wonderful um, from a DFS <laughs> perspective because he's been putting up numbers just short of um you know the the mega elite players pretty much day in day out all season but for some reason his price never goes up into that elite level um so you know he he's been a player that I remember when Boston drafted him I remember when he was a defensive specialist um I remember when back what was that 2000 11 2010 11 12 one of those years where um boston played miami in the eastern conference finals and um as someone who was pulling for boston i was really upset that avery bradley was injured because i thought he was the only one that could deal with Dwayne wade um defensively right, yeah. and so to go from from that to now he's a 20 point per game and like eight rebounds a game like that's I think the shocking part, he always had the potential to score, but now he's he's becoming this kind of all around threat. So um, so I've been loving what I saw out of Avery Bradley this year so far. In terms of DFS, you know, I've kind of wondered that, too. He seems like he's just a plug-and-play guy right now. It's like, oh, at that price, of course, you have to play him. And I think that maybe it's because Crowder has been hurt, and so the pricing specialists over at FanDuel maybe are just saying, you know what, when Crowder comes back, maybe some minutes will be given to him. But Crowder's back. Crowder's back. Bradley's still producing. Bradley has career highs in points, assists, um, rebounds and three pointers made. Like you said, he's been traditionally a defensive specialist last year, first team all defense, in fact. And in terms of fantasy, we regarded him for his steals and his three pointers. But I mean, he surpassed that in that you know, 2.1 three pointers per game compared to last year's 1.9, 1.6, 1.3 the year before. So, certainly one of the more surprising uh, players for me. He's about top 30 uh, season long fantasy guy. I don't know if he can maintain it. So, I actually have him in a season long keeper league, Andre. And I would love to assume that he's going to be a top 30 guy all season long. But what do you think? I mean, they have so many pieces to move around. Right. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Crowder, as I mentioned. There's just so many backcourt pieces. Do you think his job is safe? He's seeing you know, 34 minutes a game. Can we expect that moving forward from Avery Bradley? You know, that's a great question. And anytime you have somebody that you would list on a surprising list, then you always have to wonder. Well, can they can they maintain it? Point, and as yeah. you as you point out, the the Celtics um, 
are super deep with talent. That was the thing coming into this year was they had everybody on their their one through twelve roster could actually play. Um, the, I guess the things that would make me feel a little safer about about Bradley is that he he was drafted to be an impact player, and he was one of those that came out at nineteen or twenty. You know, he was really really young, and so. When, when you start from there and, and then you start seeing a player come into their own, you would have to feel like, well, maybe this is real. Um, and he's still so young. I mean, I, he's been in the, the, the game for a while. I was talking about 2011, 2012, and and, and, and him being a potential uh, difference maker for the team then. And he's only 25. So he's actually reaching the age when you would expect someone to start coming into uh, approaching their prime peak years. You know, the Celtics, they have all the talent, but I think they're really looking for who are going to be the people that contribute once they're on their next championship level. That's what Danny Ainge wants. So you've got this young guard who, as you just mentioned, is all defense, you know, all NBA defense um, such an early age and now he can also give you 20 and eight a game um i have to feel like they're going to want to cultivate that is okay well maybe this is a guy that out of all of that young talent we have here's some young talent this this, this in the process of making the leap so so maybe we let him uh, keep going with it yeah i think if we pull things out even broader you mentioned danny ainge and this team has some decisions to make and i don't want to talk about avery bradley too much longer because everybody knows how well he's been doing but you know he was a trade piece you know uh, like mm-hmm. going this offseason he was kind of the guy they were looking to trade now he's playing so well it's almost like ah, he's, he's a little bit untradeable i don't want to dive into what they should do what they shouldn't do with their assets and the guys they have but some changes should be coming and you have to wonder you know is avery bradley a trade piece now for danny ainge or is he a state staple in this lineup as for right now I kind of think it's leaning towards staple in this lineup considering he's seeing 34 minutes a night who knows I, I'm excited to see the trade deadline Andre man we'll have to bring you back and maybe you have a new role or something but let's move on to another surprising player and for me that's Rudy Gay um, out mm-hmm. in Sacramento he's not technically in a contract year because next year he has a player option but t- today's market that value that he had or that that number that he has is not in today's market so he's almost certainly going to decline that and become a free agent of sorts this season if he doesn't get traded by Sacramento Uh, I mean he's playing out of his mind so far Um, you know there's kind of been this stigma around Rudy Gay and Nick Whalen somebody we have on the podcast quite often Andre you know I bring up Rudy Gay and he's like yeah he's just Rudy Gay and he's got like this weird like aura (laughs) about him that he's never been a game changer for a team he's a really solid player Um, but if we look at his stats like he's one of the better players in the league right now I I mean you've been around the league for so long maybe you can talk about this kind of stigma it's like ah he's just Rudy Gay I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. Um once we have a player kind of mentally pegged, is just that's who he is. Yes. And you know, and he's one of those guys that was drafted, you know, pretty high in the lottery based on his just absurd athleticism. Um we've written or you know, we we've talked about and and written a lot about uh, Andrew Wiggins this year. In a way Rudy Gay was Andrew Wiggins, you know, just 6 6 7 years earlier. Um but then he never did top out at that superstar impact level and so as you pointed out he kind of just became uh it's just Rudy Gay. Um but I think it, there's a couple things at play here. For one, you have to judge a player based on what he's doing and not so much on what his reputation is once you start getting this far into the year. Um, Especially for a veteran like him, 
you know, because he, you know, he, he, he he's unlikely to go too far in either direction at this point. Um, but the other thing to point out is that this is not like a shocking result for him. You know, he's he's averaging 20 points and, and, and shooting uh, pretty well from the field. But I mean, two years ago, he averaged 21.1 points and, and, you know, maybe he shot a little bit worse from the field, 45 and a half percent versus 47 and a half percent. But it's not as though he's playing completely outside of his norm. So um, while he's having kind of a bounce back year because he had a down year last year, um, kind of like we were just talking about with, with, with Bradley, I would suspect that this is sustainable because it's not far, even though he was just Rudy Gay before, he's really playing like just Rudy Gay. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You go back his second year in the league, 2007-2008, uh, he averaged 20 points and six rebounds. He's done that every single year since. And, mm-hmm. and, and people say just Rudy Gay. And when, what they're really saying is, oh, that was that guy we got incredibly excited about, but he never got any better and he stayed the same for the last 10 years. And it's like, well, 20 points and six rebounds is still like really, really good. And he, it, like it was his own his own demise here is that, you know, in his second year, if he would have averaged 15 points and then his third year, he averaged 20 points. Who knows what the story would be on Rudy Gay, but he's playing exceptionally well. Like you said, the stats are just the same as they've been the last 10 years. Um, But obviously he's got a little more to play for because he's probably going to be a free agent coming into this off season. So still pretty valuable in fantasy as he, as he really has been over the last uh, 10 years or so in terms of winning championships or helping your team get over the hump. Maybe not so much. Maybe in that regard, he's just Rudy Gay. But we'll leave that alone for now. Uh, somebody who has certainly surprised me, Andre, and I'm, I'm just so surprised, um, given that he's on a minutes restriction of about 24 minutes uh, every single night and he's not playing on back-to-backs. That's Joel Embiid, of course, perhaps one of the front runners for Rookie of the Year. I'm flat out surprised because he's been on the shelf for two years. He never played an NBA game. Um, he's a center, a guy in a dying center league, uh, a center. It's great that he can stretch the court. But in terms of just everything we've seen from Joel Embiid, I have to say I'm impressed and definitely surprised. So I love Joel Embiid. Um, <laughs> I don't know how often you check out uh, the, the Hoop Slab or, or you know, any of, of, of my um, blogs or my, my, my internet presence, but um, I've been talking about this guy a lot this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, so there's a couple things here. For one, he, he is shocking in the sense that you pointed out that Hey, this guy's been on the shelf two years. He's, you know, he, he seemed like he could be fitting into one of those giant centers with lower leg foot type problems that just never get right. Um, we, we, we just saw Greg Oden officially retire. Um, and that was tragic because being from the part of the country I'm from, I've been paying attention to him for a really long time. And so I really thought he would, I, I would have picked him over Kevin Durant. I really thought he was going to be the next big thing. And then he wasn't. He flamed out. And he wasn't the first. You know, we saw Yao Ming have to retire early. Um, big Zadrunar Silgowskis in Cleveland was able to eventually come back and be effective. But at the same time, you know, he had those issues. Brooke Lopez had those issues. So, you know, with, with a guy like Embiid, maybe that was the fear was that he was never going to launch. But with that said, um, watching him this offseason – I was he, he was creating a little bit of buzz for me before the season started, and I'd be lying if I said that. Oh yeah, uh, we're going to get the Thanksgiving, and this 
guy's going to be averaging 38.8 points per 100 possessions um, with uh, 16.6 rebounds, you know, 5.1 blocks, you know, just cartoonish type numbers. Um, I, I, I would not have expected that. I did think he was a front runner for rookie of the year, especially once Ben Simmons went down. Um, I I think I even had him at the top of the list, and I'm kind of ashamed at this point to say, but my other two in contention were uh, Chris Dunn and uh, Jamal Murray. Who? <laughs> hey, Jamal have, Murray is is coming on strong. He might actually end up uh, helping you out there. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's so. I, I, the reason I picked those two was because they looked so good in Vegas compared to the other rookies that I thought maybe they were a little bit more NBA ready. And and yeah, Murray, he started off his shot was just going crazy, but he he does seem to be getting it together. So I'm crossing my fingers there. And uh, Dunn is another one. He seems to be kind of like Avery Bradley. He's making his impact on defense right now, and he's 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 got to pick up the NBA offensive game. But Joel Embiid has just come in and just blown everything out the box. So yeah, he's one of my favorite players to pick up on on DFS because he's another one because of his minutes restrictions. It seems like they're hesitant to raise his price. But I mean, if you've got a guy that's averaging what eighteen and 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 seven and a half. Even if he's only playing 22 minutes a game, you're like, well, I mean, that that's what he is. So I'm 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 happy for them to keep his price low for as long as possible. Yeah, early, earlier today I was on uh, 120 Sports and they asked me about Joel Embiid and they you know they said how how do we handle him? How do you handle him? And of course it's different for different formats. So daily, as long as you get word from the Philadelphia 76ers that he's going to play, then I don't mind him in daily because as you mentioned, uh, his price is pretty low because they're I think uh, the guys you know who are pricing are a little bit afraid that he's going to get scratched right before the game. Um, the fact that he's on this minutes restriction and all and all this stuff. There's I mean there's good reason to limit his his salary right now Uh, but when you know he's going to play he's got good value Uh, in season long Mm -hmm. it's a little more frustrating especially in rotisserie because you're trying to stack up as many you know stats as you can and production as you can and game one matters just as much as game 82 in terms of rotisserie and so when you got a guy sitting out back to backs I don't care that he's playing 24 minutes because he's producing it's more the fact that he's just not playing at all where it gets a little it gets a little frustrating now granted I looked it up early this morning Andre and in a season long league that I'm in and an eight category rotisserie league he's still ranked 21 in terms of centers so there's still a lot of value to be had but man I, I was talking about this morning if if they just let him loose if he played every single game and they let him play 32 minutes per game like somebody who's 22 year old you know typically is allowed to do um man I mean we could be sitting we could be seeing him set some benchmarks when and if that happens to be honest with you Andre I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a minutes restriction the whole entire season yeah, I mean, the 76ers organization doesn't have an impetus to play him more. I mean, because right now, winning is still not, you know, they talk a lot about their process. You know, his nickname is now the process. Right. And in their process, you know, winning an extra game or two this season doesn't help them at all, especially if it comes at the risk of their future. So I saw an article a week or so ago about how they're going to reevaluate his you know, medical uh, clearance level, I guess, right around Christmas. And, you know, the article spun what the the 76ers uh, front office said is, hey, um, that might mean that after Christmas, he becomes, as you were pointing out, that 32 minutes a game, you know, everyday type starter. But um, 
I don't think that's what the team said. And I would like you, I'd be surprised if he became that this year, because again, there's no need for it. But, um, you know, just, just in general, I get excited when I see a player that potentially impactful developing so quickly. And, as far as the 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 year long and, and the, his his you know the rotisserie because I actually have him on on a couple of my teams, and it doesn't bother me so much that he's missing games, but I think it's because maybe I'm in a I'm in a rotisserie year long league with daily transactions, so I can still ride the wave. You know oh, the nice, the 76ers, yeah. they've done a good job of saying hey. Um, He's not going to play in two days, so you you can plan well in advance for when he's going to be in there and when he's not. And considering he had to be a mid late round pick in pretty much every league, even though he created some buzz, it's not like he was a top six round pick where you had to worry about well, if 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 this guy who I picked to be my franchise cornerstone doesn't play, then I'm in, then I'm really hurt. Most likely, where people got him in the drafts. He was just kind of supplemental anyway. So if I can get, you know, two, two and a half times a week out of a slot that, you know, I drafted him way down the list, um, that that works for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I will say one thing, and then we'll move on to a new topic here. The, the 76ers, like you said, uh, have done a great job of letting everybody know when and when he is not going to play, which is such a big help. Last year, the nightmare was Kobe Bryant, where you never oh, yeah. knew, and you yeah. didn't know until tip-off. Like He was going to participate and shoot around, maybe he'd play, maybe he wouldn't. In terms of fantasy, it was so weird because if we're talking DFS, his, his price hovered around, was it like upper 6,000s, lower 7,000s? But when he mm-hmm. played, he was worth more than that. He was like an $8,500 player because he shot so much. Um, and so, you know, there's, those are different ends of the spectrum where it's a little easier to, to own Joel Embiid, even though he is sitting out occasionally because you know when it's going to happen. So in terms of fantasy, you know, that, that is a really nice perk that you get with Joel Embiid that you certainly did not get last year with Kobe Bryant. Let's move on and let's change the topic here. I don't want to spend as much time on these guys because it's a little bit sadder to talk about this particular topic, (laughs) Andre, but we got to do it. We're a month into the season and we're going to be talking about the most disappointing players so far to date. And for me, the most disappointing player here is Nikola Jokic. I mean, coming off that Olympic run, obviously a lot of heads were turned. They thought he was going to perform exceedingly well in this Denver Nuggets front court. Not only has he been moved out of the starting lineup in in favor of Kenneth Freed and Yusuf Nurkic, uh, but he's on the bench, and he's not really producing that well when he does come off the bench. He's seeing 23 minutes per game. Guess what, Andre? That's the exact same amount that Joel Embiid is seeing. (laughs) This last time out, he's putting up nine points, five rebounds, and that's about what we're getting out of him. He's seeing the same amount of minutes as Embiid, and I don't think anybody would have guessed that uh, Embiid would be a more valuable player than Nikola Jokic would be this season one month in. Yeah, no, I agree with that entirely. And, you know, you, you pointed out his Olympic run. For me, it was kind of before that. Um, I'm a big advanced stat head. And so last year, Carl Anthony Towns and then behind him, Christoph Porzingis were kind of the the poster children of the NBA as far as, you know, hey, they, they're they just looking outstanding, these these young big men. But according to the, the nerd stats, people were like, hey, uh, this Nikola Jokic guy is outperforming both of them. And so so when you have that kind of start and then, as you mentioned, he follows it up with such a kind of exciting summer. Um, 
he was supposed to be playing better than he is. And I, I have not heard a good explanation for why he's not, because he's not injured as far as I know. Nope. Um, you know, he's he's playing a, a little bit more than he played last year. He's just not playing as well. So I don't know if he burnt out over the summer, if maybe it was too much. You know, he, he, he played his NBA season at an all-rookie all, all level. They followed that immediately with, this, you know, huge run and uh, over the off season as well. Then you come right back into the season. Maybe that was too much for him. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but, but yeah, I would agree. He's he's got to be uh, at the top of the list of 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 guys that just aren't doing what we thought he was going to do. Yeah, Kenneth Fareed, Yusuf Nurkic, both have more value than Jokic so far this season. And of course, you got you got Fareed and Nurkic way later than you were getting Jokic. So um, a lot of value to be had there for Fareed and Nurkic, considering they're starters and, and they're putting putting up production like they are starters. So we'll see if Jokic comes around. I mean, if you have him, you really need to keep him. Maybe you trade him to somebody that still has a little more faith in him. But you know, you're going to get more more so pennies on the dollar than you would if you made a trade for him in the in the off season or something like that. Let's keep it rolling here with I think people would say that Victor Oladipo so far is a little bit disappointing but if you look at his stats Andre his stats are just the same as they were in Orlando but I think people might have put a little too much emphasis on his new role in Oklahoma City and assumed that he'd be getting a lot of touches and whatnot but really his production is about the same it was in Orlando and I think a lot of people are disappointed by that considering I saw him go late second round in a lot of drafts which obviously was being that's too high that's too high for what he's giving you so far this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so Oladipo is one that, that coming into the year, I, I kind of realized I wasn't going to have him on any fantasy Same teams Same because, here. as you pointed out, it was like he was just going too early. You know, it, it was another one kind of like um, uh, Serge Ibaka, where people were drafting him like really high, kind of based on what he had been before. And I was kind of like, you know, he's on a new team, right? And and he's not going to have the same role. Um, but one thing I will say is that. Um, He's been trending upwards, you know, and uh, Oladipo, his value for the full season so far has been depressed. But if you, you know, just on a DFS front, I, I've been noticing over these last few, you know, last couple of weeks that, you know what, maybe this is a guy that I might want to start taking a chance on on a, a more regular basis because he's sprinkling a lot more of those uh, really good games um, amongst the, the, the kind of lesser games. So it's like while his average for the season is, as you pointed out, similar to what he's been before, I would imagine that it, you know, if you broke it down like week by week, that, that he seems to be kind of trending upwards. Yeah, that's for sure. He seems to be having more of those breakout games that we hadn't seen of him. Again, early in the season, it's going to take a little adjusting, especially when you're playing along such a ball hog like Russell Westbrook. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. you got to find your way. How many years did it take KD and Russell Westbrook to figure each other out? Maybe they never actually did it, Andre, so who knows? Maybe they never figured out the perfect <laughs> right. match of, of those two guys working together. Um, let's talk about these last two guys pretty quick here. Pau Gasol. I, I think people were expecting more, but again, new team. Um, uh, on a team where uh, Coach Greg Popovich is just going to rest him, he's not going to play him as many minutes if he doesn't have to. I think Pau Gasol is going to be seeing a lot more action in the playoffs when they need him. But as of right now, right. in terms of season-long fantasy, we're seeing his averages down all over the place. Yeah, I mean, because so th this summer, um, I kind of made the argument that um, 
the Spurs could be better even with a legend like Tim Duncan retiring because at this stage in their careers, Pau Gasol is probably better in in his 30s than Duncan would have been in his 40s. But with that said, the rest of the Spurs are still there and they're still in Popovich's system. So there just isn't there isn't enough production to go around for Pau Gasol to be what he normally is. And you pointed out Greg Popovich tends to rest players. He likes this egalitarian system. Kawhi Leonard is their superstar. They they've, you know, they, they had a structure in place. And so, yes, I think Pau Gasol may be the we talked about just Rudy Gay. You know, maybe Pau Gasol is or really any Spurs impact player is the opposite of that, and that they're going to be more helpful for an actual team, as you pointed out in the playoffs and when when they're trying to win. But their individual box score numbers for the season are just not going to be what they would have been on a, a lesser team. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, I think people should have should have been aware that something like this was going to happen. Dropping the egalitarian down here on this podcast. I'm pretty sure that has <laughs> never been said on this podcast before uh, with the usual <laughs> cast of characters we have floating around here, Andre. So I appreciate you upping the IQ level on this podcast here on this Friday. Uh, one player I'll mention just real quickly, and then we can move on, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. Um, you know, he's still been playing very well at the end of it. Obviously, this is the end of his career or uh, towards the end of his career, obviously. And the thing that I'm a little bit disappointed and obviously he's been injured and of course you, you don't want to mess around with injuries and you don't want to put too much, you know, it just happens. It just happens and there's not much you can do. Um, but you know, he, he was seemingly healthy going into the season and we we're saying, how is he doing this? How is he doing this? And then it just kind of fell off a cliff and we're like, Oh yeah, this is more, uh, more of what we kind of expected where it's just like just a, a start, a steep, steep fall from where he was last season. Um, any thoughts to add on to that? I mean, there's not really too much to say you can say about injuries, but obviously where he was being drafted compared to what he's given you this year, I think he's only played in like three or four games. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Dirk's biggest injury is just he's old. Right. I mean, yeah. and I say this as somebody who's actually physically older than him in life, <laughs> but I'm not in the NBA, you know? So, I mean, when you look at his peers, they all are gone. And and if they're not gone, they're like Paul Pierce. He was drafted the same year as Pierce. They're they announced their retirement at years end. So normally, you know, they say Father Time is undefeated. Yep. If if you know when the cliff comes, it comes quick. And so you know, we were just talking about how Kobe was managing his minutes all year last year, and that was after a couple seasons of not playing much at all. Um, you know, Dirk just he, he wasn't going to be able to maintain that forever, and it looks like at least so far this year, um, the wall has been hit. Exactly. We had such a huge discussion in the office about this because, you know, we do we do projections here at Rotowire, and his were among the hardest because he played 31 and a half minutes last year, 75 games, and it's just, you know, what do you mm-hmm. do with that? Do you say, uh, eventually the consensus we came to is he'll probably play a lot less games, but his average will still be there because they want him to play, you know, like he normally would, but they'll just take away the games. So far, both things have dropped dramatically where he's only played in four games and averaged not even 26 minutes per game. So we knew that cliff was coming. We just didn't know when to project it. And it turns out it was this season. It happened. This is the cliff. 
Um, so hopefully he gets healthy. Of course, uh, Dallas not playing to not playing well, and there unfortunately there might just not be that much of a reason uh, to get him back out on the court other than just you know end on a high note, end on a healthy note. I know that's why uh, Kobe Bryant chose to in in all reality to even play last year so he could end on a high note. Uh, big question here. We won't spend too much time on it either because I want definitely want to get to Friday DFS. Uh, who's the MVP of the fantasy season so far? For me, the top four candidates. Harden, Westbrook, Davis, and Chris Paul. In season-long leagues, Chris Paul is actually the number one ranked player in a lot of season-long leagues that's going pretty much unnoticed. But because of his free throw percentage, because of his assists, and because of his steals and three-pointers made, collectively he actually has the edge over Harden, Westbrook, and Davis. Uh, so for me, I'm actually going to go with CP3. I know that's somewhat of a hot take and things will level out. But for you, Andre, who's the fantasy MVP so far one month in? Yeah, you know, I, I love that Chris Paul hot take just for the simple <laughs> fact that, you know, I mean, he he's his his roto uh, status as the number one player could be reflected by his real life status. I mean, nobody is thinking of him as the top player, but oh, by the way, he's leading the best team in the league and he's always, you know, he's the maestro. So I, I really like that take. Um, as far as who I have. It's interesting. It's going to vary based on what type of league you're in, because I I personally like I like James Harden. I I feel like um, before the season started, um, I predicted that he would be the MVP of the actual season this year. Um, You know, I I saw him in a Mike D'Antoni system. I saw I, I, I thought his numbers were going to go crazy and I thought the team would bounce back because they were better than they were last year. So um, if I was picking from that list. I would pick Harden. Um, but if I'm in a league that counts, a roto league that counts turnovers, then he's almost <laughs> unplayable. I mean, his turnovers are are like Shaq's free throws. So, <laughs> you know. It, right. it, no, you're, you're completely <laughs> right. He, I mean, you're going to lose that category because of him. And that's something you have to factor in. You know, people want to talk about points, 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 points. But the reason why Chris Paul is number one in a lot of leagues is because steals and three or most mostly steals and assists. I mean, he's he's right up there, and you know, a steal category counts just as much as points. And if somebody is really just crushing that category, it matters just the same as any other category. Just like turnovers, if they're terrible, um, that's just as bad as, or that's just you know, you can flip it and say that's just good as good as scoring thirty five points a night, averaging eight turnovers a game, or something like that. Exactly, exactly. And you know, the other guy that I really like on that list just as a, a person that I appreciate and you know I'm becoming a fan of is Anthony Davis but he is so scary to me yes. he's you know you mentioned last year how how Kobe was you know your personal nightmare as far as when he was on play or not for me it was Anthony Davis I mean just all year long DFS I mean you know what's the expression fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me yep. Anthony he fooled me like 11 times last year <laughs> I mean I don't <laughs> I don't know the exact number but it felt like every time i would have this 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 dfs lineup that oh this is a killer i've got this you know and the rest of my players would be just balling out and then davis would play three minutes and then he would sit or he played nine minutes and you know it was just it, it happened more than chance you know right. like it, it was just it, and, and it wasn't the same injury over and over again like when steph curry had the trick ankle and and so just because of that, I'm I'm gun shy. And so this year it hasn't been as bad so far, but there's still been a couple of few times, you know, like this week where he comes out and I mean it's it's a hustle play. He jumps and dives into the stands and right. bangs his knee. But 
then he's out half the game and you know my, my, my team is, is the one that suffers for it. So um that that's the reason. On a per game basis, I think Anthony Davis would be my MVP. But I just just overall I'm I'm not quite ready to put him there. Yep. No, I completely agree with you. That's why, you know, Harden, Westbrook and even CP3 has a clear edge uh, because we're starting to see those injury issues creep up. I, I kind of jo- jokingly say that uh, since Anthony Davis has been in the league, no other player has suffered as many contusions as he has. He's always out with <laughs> right. contusion somewhere. And, and your expression, I'm totally going to steal it from you. I'm just going to tell you point blank. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> Happens more than chance. I'm going to use that to explain, you know, Anthony Davis has never played more than 69 games in a season. You know, that's happened more yeah. than chance. It's, it, yeah. it's a thing that happens. I, I will say the one glimmer of hope that I have for Anthony Davis, and if you're an Anthony Davis owner out there, is that because Drew Holiday has come back, the Pelicans are better, and they've actually like climbed the ladder in the standings pretty quickly. And what you want if you're an Anthony Davis fan is you want them to have a shot to make the playoffs because then you put them in this James Harden category, you put them in this Russell Westbrook category where that particular player has to be on the court for 35 minutes a game every single game for them to even have a shot to make the playoffs. And that's what you need from Anthony Davis. You don't want him falling exactly. in the rankings. You need, you know, you don't want a team too high and you don't want a team too low. Um, like with Pau Gasol, that team is too high. And so he's just not going to see the minutes. And so there's a sweet spot and we're kind of hoping that Anthony Davis and the Pelicans get to that sweet spot. So these contusions kind of go away and he plays through these contusions instead of sitting out uh, a couple games because of the, the contusions. Um, exactly. Um, and two, two quick things sure. right before we move on with, with Anthony Davis. For one, um, uh, as you pointed out, yes, um, the fact that the team is getting better uh, is a big benefit for him. Another is that he lost on a, out on a lot of money last year yes. because he didn't make the All-NBA teams. And so I have to feel like that's kind of in the back of his head, too, that maybe, you know, I don't think his contract is so dependent on it this year, or at least I'm not aware if it is. But just pride-wise, I have to feel like he wants to be out there more. And then, two, before we jump off of this topic, um, I think we'd be remiss not to mention Kevin Durant. And I, w- I will say he's, you know, we didn't mention him as far as surprises, but he's been one of the bigger surprises for me this year because I thought kind of like we talked about with Gasol, but on a lesser level, I thought he was going to have to fit in with, with Golden State, that he was going to have to come in and, and work around what they were already doing. And maybe the, just everyone's numbers go down a little bit across the board. So it, for him to, at least in one of the year-long leagues I'm in, he's the number one player overall right now. And um, I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect it. So um, I, I definitely have to mention him. Really, if we were voting, we talked about pros and cons for a lot of players, but I think I might almost have to have Durant as my MVP at this point in the year. Wow, there you go. Yeah, traditionally goes to the best player on the best team, and it seems like that certainly could be the case for him. Uh, Andre, we talked about uh, today being a day full of regret. Well, I've got one more. I forgot to charge my laptop that we're hosting this podcast on. So we're, <laughs> we're like running out of juice, and unfortunately, we only have about like five to ten minutes before we die here. So we won't actually jump into players, um, but I do want to get your take on Friday DFS strategy this Friday because, like I said, every single team plays. And the nice thing about that, Andre, is that we don't have to worry about who's playing, who's not playing. Everybody's playing. So any player we've talked about, you know, your Avery Bradleys, your Rudy Gays, Joel Embiid's, get them into your lineup if they're going to be playing because it's basically just who do you like in the NBA on today's slate. That said, there certainly is some strategies. And what I always tell people when they ask me, um, you know, what do you do on bigger slates? And I say, well, you know what? You can do whatever you want. You can implement any kind of strategy you want because you've got everything available to you. You can go with the stars and scrubs because you've got a lot of valuable a lot of valuable scrubs and some stars available you can go with a middle lineup where you try to 
pack in as many six and seven thousand dollar players as you can that can reach that forty benchmark point, but they don't always do it. But maybe if you get you know the majority of your guys to do it, there's so many different strategies you can go with. But when we have literally every single team playing, what's the first thing you kind of lean to when you start to construct a lineup? Yeah, so um, you know, I just want to mention because you you, you uh, mentioned him B by name. He's not playing tonight, okay. so yeah, you definitely don't want to have him in there. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but as far as just general strategy, yeah, it's, it's wide open on a honestly. I I think I prefer smaller slates because I like to kind of feel like I have a little bit more control. Yeah, There's so many here. variables here. Same here. Um, but. I think I would default more in this kind of – because not just is everybody playing, but we're coming off of um, a day where everyone was resting. So a lot of the guys that were kind of ouchy injured are, are you know, potentially back in the lineups tonight, which takes away from some of the quote-unquote scrub players that you might have been able to plug in because they were going to get more minutes because the, the, the starters were hurt. Yeah. So I think I defaulted, uh, at least when I was picking my teams – um, to more of a middle, you know, six, seven thousand dollar player uh, packing strategy. But then at the very end, after I had uh, a half or three quarters of a team of that, I uh, ended up throwing one superstar in there and, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, balancing it out with one scrub uh, just based on how they've been playing. So I think, uh, you know, it. it it's funny, based on what we talked about today, uh, that superstar in at least one of my leagues was Anthony Davis. So he better not get a contusion tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it, it happens more than chance, Andre. It happens more than chance. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and end it right there. Like I said, the computer's about to die. We're about to lose everything. So let's get out of here um, before that happens and this thing comes to a crashing halt. Andre, thanks so much for joining us. We're definitely going to get you on more this season. A lot of great takes here. So um, if you liked Andre, feel free to reach out to him on Twitter. I don't know it offhand, Andre, so go ahead and give it out here if you don't mind. Yeah, my Twitter handle is at Professor uh, it's at Professor Driz. Uh, that's the word professor with D-R-Z at the end of it. Um, and then also um, uh, check me out on hoopslab.rotowire.com um, uh, A lot of the stuff that I say on here, uh, you, you can read before everyone else yep. if uh, you come to the Hoops Lab or follow me at Professor D-R-Z. All right. Well, happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody out there on this Friday of regret. Hope you have a good one and a good weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.